All right. God damn, I am viciously white. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding, dude. I don't know if that's like your actual skin tone or if that's like just like light coming in from outside. Uh, it's it, probably it, all the light reflecting off the snow. <laughs> yeah, it did just snow here in those. Have you seen snow yet, Patrick? Uh, we got a little bit two weeks ago dude it was so funny actually so we're since i did the board for yeah. the hoa i get emails and uh, i didn't check the one morning so my other friend another board member emails me or texts me and goes hey we already got a message about the snow asking when it's going to be plowed and so for our rule is three inches but i walked outside and he was traveling i took a picture of the street and it's literally like one piece of snow was sitting on the ground and i'm like okay whoever this person is needs to cool down <laughs> like we'll let you know when it's bad you, you never know where people are from i mean where where my family oh, yeah. lives you know they my cousin last year or like two years ago drove three hours to see snow like they get well, I know wow. the whole city shuts down. That's how they are here sometimes. So they'll get to like an inch and the schools all just they're like, we can't go to school. And I'm like, well, I can go to work, so you can go to school. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> You'll be fine. They would never survive up here in the north. No. What Florida it's, do? It's Florida would be a mess. It's impressive that things do survive up here. So much vegetation brought you to you by Seeds, episode Seeds, people. We are back talking three separate episodes of three very different TV shows uh, and averaging about to see which one will be plucked. Now, of course, we have our first co-host over there is the Vanilla Bear Patrick. What's up? And our second co-host, the Chill Dog Millionaire. How's it going, Chill? going all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know if that was a cough or your trademark look at this point they're interchangeable <laughs> yeah. no, the bear Mudo. if you don't know you should know uh, we have very very interesting episodes coming up on this one uh now over the past few weeks something that i've noticed is that either thematically or, or character-wise, these episodes seem to be linked to one another, right? We had like a, a tale of redemption in an episode before, and then accomplishment. But now I just feel like we have three very different and random... This is like the whole reason why this show exists. There's different <laughs> goals in all of these episodes, and it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's feeling guilty about something. <clears throat> Yeah, this is like Halloween and Big Fish from the film. Arc, yeah. <laughs> where it's just two completely different styles of things going on. And I got to say, I enjoyed uh, how, uh, I enjoyed this this batch of, of, of viewings. What about you guys? Loved, Loved them. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I only, I only didn't see the one. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, like even before I watched Breaking Bad, up to the point I did, I had seen the Fly episode like two years ago. Sure. Steve was, you know, it was just a random episode I saw. So I was excited to rewatch it and see what I still thought about it. Yes. Uh, while keeping our filter in mind. But, <laughs> you know, I had to I had to figure out how to blur the line. 
ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, Patrick hates Breaking Bad. <laughs> Everyone, grab your pitchforks. We're uh, we're canceling Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say hate. I never used the word hate. Okay, strongly dislike. No, I just said I wasn't going to continue watching it. Just be honest, Patrick. You hate fun things. Yeah, that is like not liking a Krabby Patty. I met somebody that agrees with me, so I have confirmation. You met one other person. One other person. I am confirmed. <laughs> I am valid. Two percent on Metacritic. <laughs> Bro, you nice. one other stranger. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Who also fucking has nobody to listen to. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I love that. Nice. Very nice, Patrick. No, but why did you since we're talking about it, no, why did you choose Breaking Bad's uh the fly? It is or I guess just fly. <laughs> There's no the. <laughs> there isn't. Um, it's just it's such a def- like divisive. That's the word. It's such a divisive episode among the fan base because people think that you just need action all the time. They're not happy with just settling down and chilling. And this episode is such a strong case that it's okay to just have an episode where like realistically nothing happens it's just characters interacting with each other there's so much action we'll get into it but there's so much action and small actions that all it's slapstick (laughs) slapstick. so so these episodes these style of episodes are called bottle episodes of television yeah and this basically means that at some point they realized that they ran out of their budget but they still needed an extra episode to push the series on. They have a contract for 13 episodes a season. They need to get 13 episodes out of it. So what they do instead is just set an entire episode inside one small area that the show has been using frequently up until that point. And, and this time it is the meth lab. Um, but what these episodes don't give as you guys definitely have pointed out, um, big action set pieces, which by this point in Breaking Bad, I don't know if they become as regular as they do later in the season or in the series, I should say. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There are so many people here that, that you know, I've, I've heard them call it their least favorite episode because they say nothing happens in it. Sorry, guys. You can't have every single episode listen. where airplanes crash into each other. I'm, it just can't happen. No, we need that every episode. Yeah, every episode, Noah. That is prime television. <laughs> no, every episode, we need people having shootouts in parking lots. Every episode, we need to see a fake bag of meth, which is really like a bomb, I guess, get thrown into some drug dealer's apartment, okay? We need yeah. to see somebody get stabbed to death with a plate. I'll tell you <laughs> what, dude. I miss the days where I would go and, like, get off of school. What was it? Every Wednesday that Breaking Bad premiered a new episode? No, it was Sunday. Sunday? Okay. Yeah, it was a Sunday show. Oh, okay. I watched the recaps on Monday after I got off of school. Like, the yeah. rerun. Yeah. Yeah, I miss those days, man. I really do. Yeah, I I, well, I used to have so much fun with that. 
we would have like watch parties at Lock Haven University for new Breaking Bad episodes for the final season. It was so fun. And then that we'd final sit season, and, man. And talk about what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> I was never at those. <laughs> no, this was during the Dark Ages. <laughs> oh, gotcha. During, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was during your Dark Ages, bro. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you, Vanilla Bear. Yeah. Hopped in here with some Bates Motel. Ugh. Chuck Bear. I want to just throw this out right now. Sure. I've watched this series at least three times. This is another one of those I can rewatch. And I know we're going to talk about Queen's Gambit, but I didn't realize how much of an uphill battle Queen's Gambit had until I watched this episode. Really? The gap has been built back up again, and it has a lot of work to do. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. But I picked it because this show, it has its side stories going on. Yes. But everything is about how it relates back to Norman and Norma. They are the center of the world. Everything is about them whether it appears like it isn't or not. So I think this episode does the best job in the whole series of showing where the importances lie. And even these, even some characters that are left out that I do have as not left out, but not talked about as much one in particular, he's important for a factor of it, but they have a minute just enough where you're like, okay, you know who he is, but clearly he's not important to this story right now. So uh, I think it does a great job of keeping it around the people that are important. And it has some action in it that if you've never seen the show is super exciting. Um, the ending of this episode reminded me of a joke that my cousin told one time about how Norman Bates absolutely keeps a lampshade made of his mother's skin. And uh, <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> Have, um, so, uh, can you, do you, was that the punchline of the joke? <laughs> well, the actual punchline of the joke was that Norman Bates also fucks lampshades, but you know. Okay. I need to, I I need to keep to that tell when we get to it. So I'm really excited, but we'll, we'll jump to chocolate bear. Tell us why you picked Fargo, and then we'll hop on in and get moving on one. We'll have you pick this one this time around. Which one we start with? Guys, I'll tell you what. Oh, so something that I think you guys have figured out about me is my favorite episodes of television shows tend to be the ones that contain themselves into the story. You know, that's why I picked uh, uh, Kiksuya from Westworld. That's why I picked uh, this extraordinary being from Watchmen. They're their own story, self-contained unto themselves. And those are where I think that how you can interweave that with a grander story is when television to me is its best. Uh, however, I think that the, epi- the television show that doesn't do that almost a single time 
and still one of my favorites deserve a shout out and that is absolutely fargo it is a very intricate show there are now would that be because it's like an anthology (laughs) series that it wouldn't really have like self-contained stories like that uh maybe yeah because like each because like each season is itself like a self-contained story yeah well that all depends If, if if that's the case um Watchmen wouldn't have needed to do that either. I, they could definitely get away with it. Absolutely. I mean, it all depends on execution. How well does something fit into something? Um, but I'm happy that Fargo doesn't do it because it gives voice to these grander stories and this grander epic that I put, chose episode two for two reasons. One, I wanted an episode um, that was early on in the season that was early enough in the season that it wasn't too mixed in with the shuffle of everything going around it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's where the, your house on haunting Hill or whatever. Haunting of Hill house. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> house on haunting We're going to talk Hill. about another Mike Flanagan at the end when we get into what we've been watching. Yeah, but you're not wrong. Yeah, I think Bear. that's where wrong. you. I think that's where, <laughs> I think that's where that episode failed, is because there was nothing for any of us to latch onto. Knowing that this is the beginning of a story, I think makes you interested to see where the story continues. And number two, motherfucking Mike Milligan, y'all. <laughs> the coolest dude. In television. <laughs> How fucking about it? What do you guys think? It was all right. Who's, my- Who's Mike Milligan? Mike Milligan was the black dude. Okay. The guy walking yeah. around with the twins. Big old yeah, afro. Yeah, uh, the bathroom twins. <laughs> Yeah, yeah um, the Kitchen Brothers. <laughs> oh, I, man. I was in love with Kirsten Dunst in this episode. Dude, I got some fun facts about Kirsten Dunst and Fargo that you are going to love, and I can't, I literally couldn't uh, wait awesome. to share them with you. Awesome, because I, she, she's always a hit or miss for me, and this one's she's a big, a big hit. hit in this. <laughs> like, her, her accent is so damn cute. I just want to go on a date with her. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, and then surprise Jesse Plemons, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Shit rules. Uh, no, I have I have a really fun note <laughs> of the moment where I realized it was Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> was it just speechless and a bunch of random noises? Nope. <laughs> it's just it's just one. It's one just single name. Like a, a bunch of crudely drawn hearts. Ooga, ooga. <laughs> Actually, it's like three. It's like three consecutive notes all related to each other, just going down. Because <laughs> I had a lot of thoughts. Uh, where do you guys want to start off? I was going to give you that choice. Give me that choice. Yeah. Where oh. do you want to start? Wow. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're already talking Fargo. Let's continue with Fargo then. All right. All right. Yeah, we're already here. Uh, 
Fargo season two, episode three, The Myth of Sisyphus, debuted on October 26, 2015, when the intercontinental champion of the WWE was Kevin Owens. Eh, how about it? I liked him. Yeah, for, uh, like a hot second. Sorry, he was I was a good villain. Didn't he do that thing where he tucked or something? Yeah, he had his like, opponent in a finishing in a buckle and he would like run and do like a cannonball into them. Yeah, it was like, awesome. Rolling attack. <laughs> yeah. That shit ruled. So the myth of Yeah, of this is the era of WWE that I'm not. Is the beginning is is the real beginning of the story of, of season two of Fargo. The the story begins with, as you guys heard, I'm sure, the murder of a judge done by the youngest Gearhart brother. Now, the Gearhart family is a family in in South Dakota or Kansas or North Dakota, somewhere around there, right? And they're trying to become a bigger, bigger gang. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with this is that the youngest of their children uh, ends up gunning down a judge that is that was supposed to lax them on laws uh, for moving into uh, South Dakota, into Laverne, South Dakota, where Fargo is nearby. Of course, this causes a huge problem with everybody because nobody should be gunning down a judge. And even worse, on his way out of the restaurant, he gets ran down ran down by Peggy. And Peggy is Kirsten Dunst's character. That's right. You know, so she just drives home and she takes him to her husband who, you know, he he ends up waking up and tries to attack them with a knife. So Jesse Plemons, her husband, has to step in and, and kill him finally. And so they chop him up, bury him. But now... They, she is feels completely, completely, fucking looked down upon, right? She's suspicious everywhere she goes. Why? Because she is bored with her life, and everything that she is doing is because she wants to have a more exciting life. Uh, Kirsten Dunst ended up winning a Emmy for her performance as this uh, Peggy character, uh, and. I love the fact that whenever she was in this role, she refused to read any of the full scripts. She only read parts of the scripts that she was in because she wanted Peggy to only be obsessed with her own world. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, and and she does it really, really well. Um, And I think that... (laughs) You know, that little scene where she, like, convinces her husband to crash their car into the tree. Yo, that poor dude. He just <laughs> oh my wanted God. to make after, her happy. Like, not, only, not only did he crash it one time, he actually crashed it twice. Yes. <laughs> he fucked it up. This <laughs> is the first time he fucking hit black ice. And then she just goes, wow, how, how strange that you hit black ice. And damage the back of the car at the same time as the front. How weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, Peggy, I think I have a little bit of whiplash. 
<laughs> oh, you'll be fine, sweetheart. <laughs> um, oh, as always, every episode of Fargo, as is the movie, uh, begins with that this is based off of a true story. However, out of respect for the dead, all the names, uh, out of respect for the living, all the names have been changed. Out of respect for the dead, uh, everything else happened exactly as we're showing it. Uh, this is a staple that was used in the original Fargo movie by the Coen brothers uh, way back in the mid 90s. And it is complete and utter horse shit. None of this is based off of a true story. <laughs> oh, what? So you're telling me Mary Jane Watson didn't actually put somebody through a meat grinder? <laughs> exactly. How about it? Um... That's my note. That's one of my notes. <laughs> That's it oh, just goes. I have a question Mary about Jane. her real fast. What's up? In the episode, I have a note about um, something about the comment with the garage. Can you remind me what that was? Because I can't remember the line about it. Um, I don't remember the line, but I can tell you that that's where they're storing their car. Their car that has a huge... Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. In the window. Whatever she said there made yeah, me laugh out loud. Yeah, where <laughs> Rod Gearhart's body hit. Um, let's see what we get, uh, introduced to a little bit more to Mike Milligan. You get a little bit of him talking to, uh, Lou Sullivan's father, uh, earlier in the season, but I think this interaction with Lou Sullivan, a, a Patrick Wilson, if you will, uh, is maybe my favorite, my second favorite, uh, uh, conversation he has, uh, in the series. I just love the way that he like strings together words and the way that he, the way that he uses his inflection is just so threatening, but so calm that you can't help, but to be almost in awe every time this man, I can't every time this man talks, you know, I, I absolutely love him. Yeah. The actor that plays Mike Milligan has been in other shit, and I can't figure out where I've seen him. Wasn't he in your de- uh, not Deadpool, um, Daredevil show? Was he? Am I, I thinking of a different guy? Yeah, I don't think that that's him. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of a different guy. Never mind. <clears throat> also, I refer to Patrick Wilson's character as Ghost Cop because. <laughs> He's in the Conjuring movies, uh, and it just, I just oh, couldn't. Oh, yeah, definitely Ghost Cop. Actually, you want to know something great. Ghost cop. So, this, so this season has an underlying, like, alien visitation plot line. Okay. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I was watching this show, and I was like, what is this mystical belief BS happening? There's nothing happening in this town that makes any sense to that. So, so whenever, so whenever young Rod Gearhart runs out of the diner uh, after, I don't even remember if his Rod or Todd, the youngest Gearhart brother, after he kills the judge, uh, he's like fleeing from the scene and he stops in the middle of the road because he sees lights ahead of him, like on top of him, right? And they zoom him up. Oh, (laughs) And then they zoom him back down. At which point he gets hit by Peggy. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> oh. And that's also why it's mysterious that there was a, a a shoe in the tree. If you remember that part of the conversation. Right. Oh, Got it. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, so yes, there are aliens that are coming to visit, <laughs> and it's super cool. <laughs> and it's based was on not expected, and only the names have been changed. Yeah. Was not expecting aliens to be <laughs> prominent. <laughs> no, that's the crazy part. And they're like, and they're just barely there you'll go like two or three episodes without like anybody even mentioning them and then lights will come on like it's so fun (laughs) dude my favorite character sighting actually in the whole episode was the guy that was in wedding crashers and all i can think of is tummy sticks (laughs) (laughs) what oh my god the guy that's um Oh, the guy that's with the other one when we leave the courtroom and they talk to the guy in the car, Mike Milligan or whatever. Oh, he's like, oh, we shouldn't take him in. That guy is like, oh, like the lawyer dude. Yeah, he's the guy who's the gay brother in Wedding Crashers, and he gets on top of Vince Vaughn and he goes, "Let's play tummy sticks." (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first off, what the fuck is tummy sticks? That's all I can can think about when I see that again. Well, hide in the closet. Hide in the closet. Hide in the closet. Get in the closet. It is astounding how everybody has like these different comedy movies that they think are like some of the funniest shit ever. (laughs) So much so that Battery is like making himself cry laughing. It's one of the best scenes I ever watched in a comedy movie. Back to seriousness, though. I liked his character in it. I think given the way because the other one's ghost cop right that's like the guy who's trying to figure out what's happening yeah um i like that they give enough of a a balance to him where like he lets the good cop know what's going on and once he gets him turned i feel like the whole thing shifts once he knows something bad is going on i feel like there's going to be real momentum happening yeah he also is covering up things he already knows is bad because he's too afraid to deal with the family. But right, you know, that's what those little towns are like when there's gangs involved. Yeah, which is what I equated it to. Like wants to wants to grow, like the Gearhart family does. Yep. Um. What? Man, I had a question. <laughs> I just completely lost. <laughs> About. what's the name of the i mean i have actor? other comments if you need a minute yeah no what's hey, the name of the actor it. yeah go ahead noah what's the name of the actor who plays the uh like the muscle the enforcer he's the dude who played in westworld that episode that we watched oh yeah 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 uh, Hans- yeah this is our that was my this question. is our second sighting think of Hansi? Um, oh you want to know what i thought i'll tell you what i thought because yeah. i actually wrote it down as a note <laughs> Hey, it's the dude from Westworld. He likes rabbits. Immediately followed by, whoops. <laughs> um, his, I found him funny. I did. But I did find their parts a little bit unnecessary in this episode, only because it's one episode and I didn't quite know what they were doing. Yeah. Until like, you know, like it, I just Until don't like think the that end. was a... Yeah, and I didn't think that was explained as well. Um, but I really liked him and the girl being a partnership. Like, those are two people that you wouldn't expect to work together, and it just kind of works. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Those are the best kind of pairings. And their relationship was interesting. The way they communicated with each other. You're, yeah. You couldn't tell if they liked each other or not, or if they ever did anything to get, like, it just wasn't, you couldn't tell if it was a father-daughter or a friendship thing, or yeah. I mean, I don't know because they're not father daughter, but like I mean, I would, you know what yeah. I mean. I, I would, I wouldn't be doing that if I was him, just because fucking Dodd Gearhart is fucking nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> Although see. I gotta agree with her mindset, can't argue with a girl just wanting to bust a nuts. No, for sure. Yeah, no, that is 100% true. It's bullshit that he won't let her smoke pot. Uh, yeah, the only yeah. one that like is on her side is Hansi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he goes on a real cool uh, journey through this, through this uh, season. I heard that he's like a big highlight of this show. Oh, he's him and, and Mike Milligan are like the two breakout characters from that season. Very nice. is like even uh, more interesting because like he's so much more in the background. Mm-hmm. Which one was Hanzi? Uh, the that's... Native American. The oh yeah. okay, I gotcha. The name of yeah, that's, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, they're they're enforcer. Gotcha. I'm thinking like Westworld because <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, okay, what else? I'll you give guys you a got? couple of my notes. Let's hear. So, uh, my first funny note that i i had for myself was holy former sitcom actors <laughs> yes they were just everywhere yeah. um rye gerhardt was just a badass in general oh Did yeah whatever he wanted loved it um i was not a fan of the accents as much i thought a lot of them felt very forced unfortunately but maybe if i'd watched the first one i wouldn't feel that way Sure. I don't know. I think I noticed that, like, I think I felt like there were a lot of Canadian accents. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the, like, Northwest accent. Like, that's the... Canadian? Yeah, I mean, it's right up there with Canada. Like, yeah, they share, like, mm-hmm. a reasonable dialect. I don't know. I've never been up in that area, so I guess I wouldn't. Yeah, it's that's not bad. Yeah. <clears throat> Had a couple quotes I really liked. Um, sometimes a, a gill just wants to bust a nut, you know. I mean, <laughs> how can anyone Come argue on. that? It's like you can't. Line. You can't. You literally can't. Line. Put uh, that I mean, on my gravestone, right? I'd <laughs> <laughs> um, like the little. I like the small town feel that they got. Um, I liked that. See, I didn't get as much of the whole, like, the episode was all about Kirsten Dunst's character. I didn't get, like, the whole bottleneck, like, it's all about this one person. I no, 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 felt that's like what they I'm saying. fit like, a lot like, in. This season, this show doesn't do that. Oh, okay. Every episode uh, is about the grander purpose. Right. But I did find that her story, her background story was the best of what I got to see. Telling yeah. about how that's her, how her dad used to get out of being drunk and being in accidents and stuff like that. Like she's been trained over time to get away with shit. Yeah, um, she's good. And at- then the the other note, the other note that I really wish I had more of is I wanted some more Robert. Obviously, Robert is a reference to uh, everybody loves Raymond, but. I wanted more of him. <laughs> um, 
I missed him because he was in the beginning of it. And I was like, oh, awesome. And then he never came back again. So that was kind of depressing Disappointing. for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and also, my, my last favorite line, and I'll let everyone else give their comments, uh, was I wanted a boy and I, and I got four goddamn girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. He's so good. He was so mad at it. <laughs> that is a man who hates his life. Yeah. Uh, okay. Those are those are all my main notes. Yeah, uh, my oh, notes. What you got? My notes all go okay. in descending order from like the start of the episode all the way to the end. Ghost coffee. I already hit that. Oh, do cops actually talk about cases openly like this? I don't think so. And I know that that's related to their like conversation in the. I think it was the courthouse, like right before they uh, met that skip character. Oh, sure. Yeah. Whenever they were just like sitting there and like, there's other people like, yeah, walking yeah, yeah, around. Yeah. Like, no. I don't think the cops actually do that. No, but but I think it does like set the stage. Mm-hmm. I think it does set the stage really well. And I think if you're really listening to the dialogue, especially as first time viewers, you at least get a sense of where we're at and how dangerous things can are, are getting. Yeah. It does really establish, like, the world that this episode takes yeah. place in. I'll agree with you. And in the words of uh, gutting the sacred cow, gutting the sacred cow, uh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, can't argue with a girl just wanting to bust a nut. Yep, got that. Uh, in all capital letters, Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. Is it just me? Or are you getting big... Uh, ben Riley vibes from <laughs> yeah. like, you think this is Ben Ben Riley and Gwen like and Clone Gwen and you think this is happening here do you think like it's the 70s bro like <laughs> man and then it's immediately followed up by remember Kirsten Dunst has been in more than Spider-Man stupid nerd <laughs> yeah right <laughs> And then Betsy knows what's up. She should be the town sheriff <laughs> as they're all like sitting in like the beauty shop. And she's like saying about like, well, I mean, he was hit by a car. Look for the car. <laughs> yeah, dummies. Nobody else <laughs> knows to think about looking for the car. They're like, well, how do we find him? Look for the car. <laughs> so good. Uh, no, Peggy, get away from him. He's a bad, bad guy. <laughs> Because of uh, Jesse Plemons being in Breaking Bad, him being, I think, I think his character's name is Todd in Breaking yeah, Bad. Is, is that okay? Yeah. Uh, Skip is me trying to explain anything for the podcast whenever he's trying to like explain his way away from the cops. Got a dead comment. You know what? The fact that you recognize that—that's kudos. kudos. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's all over the place he's like well yeah i mean i did yeah yeah <laughs> but i guess that's true too <laughs> uh spaceships aren't just for women anymore oh man totally I I, have that. I got that exact <laughs> i don't remember that line i don't know why he's that stuck out about, to me so he's much talking about his typewriters he's like oh yeah just like the space they're not for they're not just for women anymore talking about typewriters are you kidding me? 
Um, I don't know what this note is, and I'm a little concerned about it. And I'm hoping that me saying this, like, someone answers it for me. I am so intimidated by this girl that it makes me horny. I forget what that's about. What? The so, woman, I don't like know. The, the mom? Definitely, whenever uh, they bring the typewriter dude back and he's like, she's like threatening him, but also being like- That, yes, yes, that girl. Yeah. Yeah, she's like oh, offering um, him a drink, but like doing it in a threatening way, but it's also oh. like sexy. Yes, <laughs> now I remember. She's the she's the one with what's his name, Hanzo? Or, yeah. Hanji. It's also Hanji. Like, sexy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's like yeah, a hard combination to pull off, though. Yeah, no, it's true. Hey, she does it well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did Mary Jane put a dude through a meat grinder in all capital letters? Uh, technically her husband. I just, I can't stop calling her Mary Jane. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you won't. I mean, I've watched- it's your association. That's I've what you know, this, I've watched this twice, and I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, this entire family is actually a cult. <laughs> yep. Ghost Cop got some balls because of his conversation with Milligan, which is immediately followed up with Milligan's a cool dude. Milligan is the coolest <laughs> of dudes, dude. Oh, whenever they started talking about, like, whenever they started getting extraterrestrial and started talking about them, that's whenever I noted down, are all the people in this town whacked out? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty uh, much. LOL, Bathroom Brothers had to make sure that I included that somewhere. This is, and, yeah. uh... <laughs> And my last note is, oh, man, this poor guy, Skip. No, he didn't deserve that. (laughs) No, he really didn't. (laughs) Uh, Before I go on to my final notes, I will just say that, like, this, the one of the sole reasons uh, why I chose this episode was that conversation between uh, Mike Milligan and Lou Sullivan in the typewriter store. And it's it's permeates with me uh because of of the way that once again he strings together words at one point lou sullivan says we're just friendly people and mike milligan's response to that is actually you're pretty unfriendly but it's the way that you're unfriendly like you're doing me a favor yeah (laughs) and i love that (laughs) sentence (laughs) I think there are so many people that treat being kind that way. Yeah. You know, I think it's true. And I think that it hits something deeper on the head. It's just one of those random lines that you hear in something that like you hear it for the first time. And it, for some reason, it kind of just like shifts the whole way you look at the world. Mm-hmm. You know, anyways, random notes. Uh, from the chocolate bear hey that's gary walsh's mom (laughs) we all had those moments hey that's ford's favorite robot (laughs) Um, at one point the italians are talking in their car and they call somebody a mook uh mook sounds like it should be racist but it isn't it does you know, it, it's not, though. But it sounds like is it's a racist. What even is a mook? It's 
I forget the like word that it comes from, but it comes from like the Italian word for like a stupid person. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to look that up. I want to know. Yeah, go. It should for be it. part of my everyday dialogue. Yeah. Oh, the uh, 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 what was Raymond's brother? What do you mean? <laughs> Raymond's brother and Mike. Oh, Miller. Robert. Robert. Robert yeah. and Mike Milligan <laughs> finally end the great Billy Madison debate. Shampoo <laughs> or condition? Yeah! <laughs> oh my god. I had a note of them. Like, I don't understand why they're talking about shampoo. <laughs> hey, that's Scott Pilgrim's gay roommate, Wallace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude! Yeah. yeah! He's why I want to watch Succession at all. <laughs> You know, fuck it. It's the seventies. Smoke wherever you want. <laughs> Is there anything more disgusting than watching somebody eat a full turkey leg, dude? Ugh. Oh my god! <laughs> Unless Ron's doing it in Parks and Rec, and it's not even like it's not even warm. It's cold. He pulled oh. it right out of the fridge. God. Oh my oh. god! How fucking awful was that what a world <laughs> uh lou meets a flat earther at the gas pump <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and those nice. were my, those were my random notes <laughs> so what i do is i write my notes down then i go back through and i read them and i find the most like random ones and i mark them down with a little r <laughs> yeah. And those are my random notes. I put all mine in quotes, even if it's not a quote, just so I remember. I love that. All my notes are random. I can't even try to differentiate them anymore. <laughs> oh god. Man, that was that was a fun one. That was Fargo, ladies and gentlemen. Next up, we're gonna be talking about Bates Motel. All right. Yeah, Let's season do this. three, episode 10, Unconscious, debuted May 11th, 2015. And guys, this has never happened before. What's never happened before? The WWE Intercontinental Championship was vacated. Oh, oh no. <laughs> there was no Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> Weird. Oh. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, sweet. There's well that. <laughs> yeah. Would have never expected. Same um, here. <clears throat> Patrick, lead right. us off. Uh, Bates Motel, unconscious. We all know, obviously, the story of Psycho, all that fun jazz. Um, but we don't, though. That was one thing that I wanted to, to talk oh. about. Okay. I was talking, I, I, you know, I talk about our podcast, what we have to do at work sometimes. And every now and then I ask my coworkers, Hey, you guys ever see this show? You guys ever see that show? Can you guys tell me what you guys think about it? Like, you know, and so mm -hmm. I asked a group of girls about Bates Motel. There's four of them. And I'm like, they're talking about it. They're like, giving me examples of things that they like about it and i'm like and how close does it go into psycho oh no and three 
out of the four of them don't know what psycho is oh my and that's gosh. like a major problem because isn't the last season of bates motel kind of like loosely adapting the original Dude, rihanna's story? in it yeah i know that you got Riri in it man it was awesome <laughs> i did not um, know that yeah that is so you guys have all seen psycho <laughs> can we assume youtube have seen psycho yeah, I've seen Psycho, 100%. I have absolutely seen Psycho. Yeah, I know. I assume Noah did. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Sometimes I would some, sometimes I would doubt that, but I know if it's a classic horror movie like that, it's definitely, yeah. He's definitely had it on the docket. Yeah. Um, so one of the reasons I got into this show was because I learned of it about two seasons after it started. One of my coworkers was like, let's watch it. So I caught myself up before the third season and we watched it together separately, but we would text and call each other during commercials, talk about what we just watched for like 15 minutes. I love just that. To, yeah, it was so much fun. Um, and there was two things, two things that were prime to what we were watching. And one was done at the end of season three from the second. So Bradley's in the first episode of the show she opens it yeah and the entire time you want her dead she is just the worst human ever and the show is so good at teasing deaths constantly where you think you're about to get what you want and it doesn't happen and you're like god damn it she's not dead yet <laughs> so is bradley is bradley little miss email yes okay but that's but how in the I beginning of the show, she's like a cheerleader. Oh, you're giving people nicknames. Fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're rubbing off on me. <laughs> Noah, Noah, when this show starts, she's like the hot cheerleader character. She is pretty hot. Yeah, like she's she's a totally different person. I was so going to yell at you, but she is like 19 <laughs> in the show itself. I just cut it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just cut it. Good for you. But yeah, no, I do. I do remember her from whenever I did watch Bates Motel years ago. I was about ago, to say. I like, thought you watched. You've seen Bates Motel. I've only seen the first two seasons. Oh, I stopped okay. watching around like then. Okay. Um, so there's that, and then we also would constantly call each other whenever Norma and Norman almost kissed. Like there were almost makeout Dude. sessions many times in this show, I've and I never... wanted it so badly. I've never <laughs> seen sexual tension <laughs> like I have between that mother and her son. It's so Dude. messed up, and I love it. They can't, oh obviously, AMC wasn't going to show that, but like if it was on an HBO, it would have happened. Dude, oh my god, a yeah, you AMC, know it. Dude. AMC, you're cowards. <laughs> I know. Do it. Just a just a peck. It doesn't have to be a lot. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Um, but let me oh, get dude. into the plot now that I've put out my initial two, like the things that were my favorite plot lines to follow. And the, yeah. the kissing wasn't even a plot line. It was just something I wanted to happen. But I just want to see a mother and son kiss, was. man. That's all I want. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Want. Dude, there's a scene where they're laying in bed together and they turn their head because they sleep together all the time. And they okay. turn to look at each other and you're like, oh my God, they're going to do it. <laughs> it's great. But back God to this it. episode. <laughs> It opens, you learn that Norma is looking into a psych hospital for Norman. Yeah. Um, 
And there's from, a woman there who is very patient with nasty Norma. Oh yeah. Um, one of the things that I love about Norma is she is so manipulative. It's disgusting. Mm. Like she just she turns her her emotions on a dime to get what she needs. Love it. And it doesn't always turn out who it needs to be that gets it for her, which is where my whole center of the universe thing comes into play, right? Sure. Um, See, I can't ever, like, I can't ever decide if she's being genuine or if she's just, like, trying to manipulate something into doing something that she wants. Like, it's, oh, it's so good. Yeah. She's, she's a very good character. Uh, you meet Caleb. Or, no, I'm sorry. First, then you cut to um, Officer Romero, and you learn that there's a sing a sting set for this guy named Bob Paris. By the way, the dude who plays that cop uh-huh. looks so much like Anthony Perkins, it makes me uncomfortable. Anthony, look I don't at know like who that is. Anthony Perkins is who played Norman Bates in the original Psycho movie. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. Okay. Right. And Wait, like once I made that connection. Yeah. <laughs> Was he the mayor of Gotham too? Yeah, in, uh, in The Dark Knight. Oh, Once I oh, made okay, yeah, that yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. connection, I was like, I couldn't, oh, I can't let it yeah. go. I forgot about that. They have, like, uh, the same eyebrows. So you get your your bit of mystery for the episode with the Bob Paris character. Um, then you meet Caleb. Now, Caleb is the character that I was talking about kind of being in the background because his character at this point has reached a peak with the family um but noah you know why i would call him uncle daddy correct do you remember this i'm pretty sure yeah wait yeah yeah i do okay all right so lewis you probably don't correct no but i might have a guess (laughs) go go ahead and guess i want to know so uncle daddy yeah uncle daddy okay so i have two guesses can i lay them both out do sure. It. Uh, Norbert Bates is his kid. <laughs> is okay. the one. And right. two, he's just hot and he's Norman Bates' uncle. Are you, no, you're thinking of the wrong guy. Oh, am I? I'm talking about the older guy who's fixing his car at one point. Oh, yeah. No, I would I have no idea then. Okay. So the kid, the guy you're talking about, Dylan, who was like the reason we watched this i started watching the show because i thought he was just the hottest thing in the world at the time something he, has, <laughs> something has to bring in viewers because it is not his acting because he's not a part of the the novels or anything like he was an extra character they decided to have sure. they made mm-hmm. this plot line um <clears throat> no the older guy i had to stop watching the first episode because uncle daddy um caleb it actually rapes the mom and they were brother and sister. Yeah. So Dylan is born from that. And that's where you get Dylan, the older brother who gets introduced. And he's in the beginning of the show, he's reckless and doesn't have a direction and blah, blah, blah. His character growth. Amazing. We'll put that out there. Real good dude. Uh, so you meet Caleb. Uh, Emma. Wait, does character growth as a rapist. No, 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 Dylan. No, no. Dylan's oh. character growth, the older brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's a dick the whole time. Like, okay. he's just unreliable. 
Um, he's another <laughs> one that multiple times he almost dies, and you're like, "Come on!" <laughs> I don't. I'm not a huge fan of that. Like almost death shit. It makes me feel like. It makes me feel like they don't know what to do to add tension, so they just almost kill somebody, and then find. I didn't feel that in this show. I felt that in other ones, though. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm going to say that isn't like, I do know what you mean. Point. That isn't like a selling point for me is all I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah it's the kind of show. Oh, uh, yeah. Emma, then our sweetheart, Emma, you get introduced to her. Is she, I the, love one, is Emma. she the one who needs a lung transplant? Yes. Yeah, I love her to death. Yeah. <laughs> you want what? Um, and she's smart enough to know that she shouldn't have been pushed up the list that fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so something's a, going that on. That was a storyline that really interested me. Yeah, it's it's such a good one. Um, and I like that they make her a smart character because if she doesn't recognize that, that's not as an important moment. Yeah. But like the way the dad fumbles around with his words and has to try and think of something to say to her, you know, like even you know the dad knows something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you so do. Someone's not telling her the whole story. And that's the thing. Right? That's the problem. Like a girl that smart is obviously going to find out the truth. Right. Duh. Um Bradley is missing from the hotel. It cuts over to that. Um this is a this is a part where I get the the creepy mom and son relationship because it gives you the recap of him talking to the mom in front of the hotel. Um yeah, at the beginning. It, the- yeah. And I'm walking uh, back up to the house. Yeah, I was like, cuckoo, yeah. cuckoo. <laughs> this is yeah. before he started dressing his mother. Yeah. Yeah, oh, God. Well before. Um, he just keeps a skin suit on hand. <laughs> God, Jesus, this guy. <laughs> you gotta love um, But this is also where he learns that... Uh, oh, no, not quite yet. I'm sorry. Um, all right. Um, oh, I have a note that the mute they don't they use music sparingly in this show. It's not, it's very much to just set a mood, they don't just put music in throughout the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. the mu- music that Emma gets, I think, is really good to add hope to an episode that's pretty dark. Oh, I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but very like yeah. full orchestral type music. Um, yeah, I have a note about that in my random notes that we'll get to. Yeah, no, all good. Um, I got a note here. We cut to Bradley stealing stuff from her own family. So, you know, she's gone oh, down dude, the well. She doesn't, she doesn't just steal from her family. Oh, I know. She destroys the house. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. That's why I called her Little Miss Emo, because she's having a little emo meltdown. Yeah. yeah. Nuts. Um Finger <laughs> suicide. How would that like that will never work out? <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> this the next scene breaks my heart in a good way. But um, Dylan and Emma finally get to talking, and it's another part where you know Dylan knows something too, and just won't say it about. Yeah how she has to get the treatment and stuff and how she got it and um you know and you know that part of why she's doing it is for him yeah as much as 
you don't know where they're at that at the moment. So, um, that's a good moment. Uh, um, and then at this point I gave Bradley a nickname because when I was watching it before, I never gave her a nickname and I just had to, it needed to happen today. So I started to call her ratchety Ann. And- oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Right? Um, I like this one might be my best one yet. Um, but here's where one. you get, yeah, here's where you get the, the moment where you, you realize that she's now manipulating Norman and that's a big deal because Norman doesn't get manipulated. He gets what he wants. He's just like his mom. That's, that's the whole deal. Oh yeah. Um, and that's, a very, and that's a very fun <laughs> dynamic to have. Yeah. Um, which makes the ending of the episode even better. Yeah. I have that here's a mini Jonah Ryan. Yeah. For the way yeah. that like he just like throws um, tantrums and continually like whines and moans about everything. Oh yeah. Um so at this point he doesn't want to go. He wants to stay with his mom. He doesn't see any reason to leave, but he knows the option is there. Um, the only, the real only, only motivation he has is some hot girl wants to go away with him. Yeah, that's it. That's all he has. That's right? enough for Noah. Um, except that's, for Noah, absolutely enough for me. <laughs> he well, said, "Let's." He'd say, "Let's roll the dice, baby." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say, "Let me pack up my stuff and let me just uh, say bye to my mom real quick, give her a nice little kiss on the forehead, and see ya." Um, you've also at this point. Uh, oh no, you haven't yet. I'm sorry. We cut now to Norman learning that he, the mom telling him that he may have to go to an institute. Yeah. There's that, your motivation. That was, that was where I thought out. they were going to kiss. Not Dude, even going to lie. That scene is so powerful when he finally, like his face changes when he finally realizes what his mom is saying. Uh, and he just uses dick words back to her. Basically yeah. telling her she's a terrible mom. But she, and, and that's the thing, like, she can't even argue with him because she knows he's saying truthful things, like... Right. She knows that <laughs> this is all her fault. She knows that she created this monster. Yeah, like, it's just and that's the dynamic. Why have a rumble in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she fucking bashes him in the back of the head. Fucking uh, KOs his ass. Uh, no one might know this, but they go upstairs to the room and she sees he wants to leave, blah, blah, blah. That's whatever. We all know that's about to happen. But the dog on the back on the pedestal, that's in his mind, that dog's alive. But he stuffed that dog in the very first season. Uh-huh. So he takes the dog out to pee sometimes and like takes it for a walk. And Can you imagine that? To places. Wild, man. This guy's nuts. Um, Norman is a fucking boss. Yeah. Dude, then I this love episode, the fact that his mom is just like, yeah, this is he's been like this forever, and that's just fine. This won't. Yeah. End, this definitely won't end in him killing me. No. <laughs> no. Um, she does hide him away, though. She finds a way to hide him away. Yeah. Or so she thinks. Um, but before we, you know, continue on that path, this episode opens wide open. Um, 
Romero yeah, so does comes Bradley in. His head. Oh! <laughs> Whoa! Spread him. Holla! <laughs> oh my god! I'm proud of myself for that uh, one. <laughs> yeah, big, big thumbs up over here. Got so, her. Romero visits Norma. You finally learn the secret that they have, which is that he has. He's given away the proof that shows that Norman killed somebody. So that's a big deal plot wise. Um, but you get Bob Paris. Finally, you finally see who Bob Paris is and you learn what he does. You know, it's been mentioned before the drug money with the jewelry, all that fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he's connected to that. Uh, <clears throat> so you know that Romero and him have a relationship by this point. Um, and he, for me, he was a classic drug villain because he just, he was always around, but would never get in trouble. Like they always found a way out of it. And Norma ends up becoming earlier in the show, something with him. Um, so at this point, I want to ask you guys, cause Noah, you've never watched this part of the show. Chocolate Bear, you have it. Did you think that Bradley or the mom was fake in the front of the hotel? Because they make a comment about how nobody's there because the okay, mom so, thought yeah, she was I could, dead. I could definitely explain my exact thought process. Yeah, I'm just interested because it's just a, the, episode, the way they did it. Beginning, it, it was actually kind of brilliant. Um, <laughs> To, for a first time viewer like myself um because at the beginning whenever they're doing like the previously on Bates Motel I always watch those because I'm like yeah. what do they want me to take notice of you know yeah. so whenever they did that and he said I definitely knew immediately no questions asked that his mom was not there that he was talking to himself in, in front of the hotel Mm-hmm. you know and i and and bradley not being real didn't even cross my mind yeah gotcha however throughout the episode his mom keeps on sprinkling in little bits that you know she, she's seen him talking about her and like thinks that he's seeing people that aren't really there knows that he's talking to these blank spaces so later on in the episode whenever he's like I'm running away with Bradley and she's and she tells him that Bradley's dead that did get me questioning yeah, yeah. it did me too that did get me like interested in being like what is actually going on here holy shit he's just like making up an entire town now yeah right <laughs> like who is actually alive here in this story <laughs> and, and then it was kind of fucked up later on whenever uh homie mcgee mister in the middle of the road comes in and and he's talking to uh norma and he's like she faked her own suicide she's actually okay it makes you think like oh well, that's good Norma's just a little fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> completely fucking nuts. Yeah, you feel better about his crazy list level. Some right? reason, even though he's still like completely insane. <laughs> and boy, yeah. completely insane is how we can uh, describe the ending of this episode. Oh my God. Um, oh man. So, 
I'm, I'm just going to jump to the end and we'll throw in notes after. So two major things happen at the end here. One, Bob Pears gets a heads up from Romero. So you think you get the idea that Romero's turning into a bad cop. Uh-huh. And, you know, letting shit go down. Um, but, dude, that scene on the boat, I forgot how good it was. Jesus. Like, he was like, yeah, I helped you out, but I'm still not going to let you get out of here. Yeah. That's not how this is going to play out. Him. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's awesome. Shoots him. It's awesome. Like three I, and Romero was just great. Um, well, the deal is he's, he's, he protects Norma. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that affects Norma, center of the universe, it's going down. I thought that was Doesn't a very matter. irresponsible kill. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it was responsible. But... No, I'm just saying that like, it's like in a very public, open place that like, anybody right. could, Yeah, that didn't seem like yeah. a very professional job. And like, not only yeah. that, but you're also like on a body of water where sound tends to like echo oh, for very fun. easily. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> just great stuff. Um, and he takes, boat? he of course takes the money. Yeah. But later on, that becomes very important. That's not discussed yet. That's in the next season. Uh, but he takes all of his stuff. Blah blah blah. Uh, so that happens, and then you get, of course, Bradley. They're driving down the road. You see him just leave the town you see that leaving town sign and um shit goes down you know that's, that's, that's all you can really say right we he all go a little seeing his mom sometimes yeah this time around you know the mom's not real it's it's <laughs> it's out there we know now uh and she's decided that she wants to talk to bradley our resident ratchety Ann. she needs to have yeah, a conversation to- with mama Real wants to good. pick him. Wants to pick her brain a little bit, if you know what I mean. And not as good as my your first time. My first right. time watching this episode, Noah. You'll you probably appreciate this more because you've seen the other two seasons before it. His ability to change his facial features when he becomes his mom, dude, is so creepy. Dude, it was brilliant. Oh my god, it was oh. brilliant oh. shit. And the filming of how like the mom becomes the main character as they go around the car pulling oh, at the yeah. and she's screaming Norman at the same time, like oh that that fucking camera work where he get the camera's like rotating around the car, yeah, that's out of the car. But as the camera's rotating, it like passes behind the car's bumper or something, and as it does, Norman comes walking around the back of the car. But it's his mom, and you know yeah. that that's him. Yeah, you know, oh, it's so. Oh. It was so. Oh. It was done so well. And, and obviously, then, like, the murder's brutal. Go ahead, Noah. Oh man! <laughs> oh, the way that they're like both able to like Vera, Formiga, and who plays Norman? Oh, why can't I think? Uh, Freddie Highmore. Yeah, the way that they both are able to like mimic each other just makes it even better, dude. Like it's not just it's not just a vocal performance that they're putting on. It's an entire like body performance that they're putting on too. Because they have to walk the same, 
they have to like oh my god yeah, I, imagine, <laughs> I love it i imagine i mean i don't imagine i guarantee that they had to have like extensive time with each other oh yeah oh yeah you know and i know that for a fact because <laughs> they got so close uh during the filming of this show that whenever vera formiga gave birth to her son uh, she asked Mr. Highmore to be his godfather. Oh, very wow. nice. Interesting. Yeah. So they're, um, they're, they're very close in real life as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hopefully no weird things. Yeah. No weird no, things. No, that's nice. It's like he has a little, <laughs> yeah. it's like he has a mentor. Yeah. And then she's, she was, she, you know, she's been in the business a long time. She's a great mentor to have. Yeah, especially, um, you know, she, you know, she, ha- she's one of the few, I think, modern day equivalents of a scream queen. Yeah, I would I accept have, that. Dude, I have it written down. So I have three quotes, um, four quotes from that entire scene that I want to read off. And yeah. then I want to have you guys just talk about what you thought about, because much like your typewriter conversation, this is one of those. Yeah. For me. Uh, so I have mother would like to talk to you. We've already talked about that, but the way he says mother is just so obsessive and I just, no, uh, my. kills me. It absolutely. Um, like what's so cool about that is that the way that he said it, you can absolutely uh, hear how he grows up to become uh, what's his name, Noah? Anthony Perkins, Anthony Perkins. Like you yeah. can hear it. The prequel factor is what caught me onto this show, and it does a very good job with it. Yeah. Um, I have when the mom screams, shut up, you little bitch. Oh, so my good. God. <laughs> Out of nowhere. <laughs> what a bitch. Um, you know, mother, what have you done? And I'm so sorry. What a she horrible did last few moments for this girl. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> Or uh, as much as you don't like her, you're like that was a pretty bad way to go. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't think I don't think nicer. I don't think anybody I don't think anybody deserves to get killed by somebody who like is their mother. <laughs> well, not just that, but like she like loved this dude. Like they were running off together. She faked. I can only assume yeah. she faked her death for him or something. Well, yeah. so earlier, yes and no. So initially, she was in trouble because she killed someone who killed her dad. Okay. So she faked her death to get out of town and then she comes back to get him a while later. So, but she yeah, should I mean, have stayed gone. There's lots yeah. of stuff. Well, she knows that now. Yeah, right. She doesn't know anything now. <clears throat> she couldn't. Her brain. Uh, I also have a note for the end where I wrote just make out, make out. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but before that got creepy with the make out thing, what, what did you guys think of that conversation? Uh, no, I'll take, I'll let you have this one. I answered, I answered the last question. Their, uh, their conversation there, like, as he's sinking the car. Or their conversation. Yeah, but when, when, when he said, when she's, uh, when she says, well, now you don't have to leave me. Oh, Oh, yeah. That, (laughs) goddamn. Actually, my last two notes are, is Norman going to fuck Little Miss Emo because of them in the motel? That's about the time that, like, my attention was just fully in the rest of this episode. 
that conversation happens between Norman and well, Norman and Norman, but his mom, where yeah. she says, you know, now we're always going to be together and, you know, all that. And Norman just like accepts it. My last note is, oh, no, that's right. Norman is going to fuck his mom. <laughs> that's what it felt like there at the end. Yeah. But it's, I feel like that that is really uh, the moment where that is officially nor, like psycho Norman Bates. Like yeah. the Norman Bates that everybody thinks of when they think of whenever they think of Norman Bates, that is his moment right there where he becomes that character finally. Yep. So my final, before I get your guys' notes, I pretty much said anything. The reason I picked this episode is because I think that all the major players are understood through it. And I don't think it leaves too much open-ended, even though it's a finale and it's better at it than I expected. I thought it was going to be a hot mess, mm-hmm. but it actually did, I, I thought it did a good job of giving you a singular important part and then a secondary line to follow. And then a tertiary that keeps mystery um, with the search and stuff so i thought it had complete things happening and it is an hour so i thought it had the time to flush those things out where you like the characters or didn't but that's part of the show you don't like all the characters that's the whole point bates motel was only like five seasons long right yeah yeah i feel like this is like the perfect way to finish off like right in the middle you know what i mean yeah like this her. very yeah. much this very much feels like okay turning we on are, the side a little bit yeah this feels like the climax of the overarching mm-hmm. story and i love that yep now it just feels like it's all downhill from here <laughs> and now we're yeah, on man. our way for jamie lee curtis's mom to get murked in the shower <laughs> any last notes from you guys Random notes from Chocolate Bear. Hey, it's Charlie Bucket. <laughs> hey, that's the mayor of Gotham City. <laughs> Norman's pajamas look very comfy. Um, I love shows like this and Breaking Bad's credits where they do like fun things with the names at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. You know, like this looks like uh, uh, faded and super bright. Uh, motel signs uh, illuminated in like fluorescence I thought that was really really nice I've been paying a lot more attention since we started this to the opening intros sure because I had a note that Fargo's was great oh, oh yeah bring that up, every but I like Fargo's changes. yeah yeah it's nice um, it must be so fun doing smash up scenes yeah you know, and speaking of that girl, um, one on a scale of one to Donnie Darko, how into this girl are you, Noah? <laughs> what a good question. <laughs> you know, for a second, I was almost offended, <laughs> but that was really good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, two, Donnie I, have Darko. This, I have this written down this early in my random notes. Okay. This girl is getting killed 1,000%. Yeah. 
Nice. <laughs> I have it this early in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what the hell this could mean. House. Oh, yeah. Um, the psycho house and the steps leading up to them look spectacular. Dude, the oh, set yeah, is dude. amazing. Looks spectacular. Really really good stuff that is that uh, mayor of gotham city is the loosest fucking cop i've ever seen he goes by his own rules doesn't give a shit about anybody else um yeah you guys ever wonder where they get like family photos from for like movie sets and tv show sets like are those actually photos of like a certain kid or whatever sometimes right I don't know. Yeah, I never thought about sometimes, it. Sometimes they will either use photos of like actual kids that well, the that production team had. That one was yeah. actually her because that was like four years before or whatever. Or yeah, so. or they'll use like old pictures of the actors themselves. Right. Yeah. Uh, homeboy's accent comes and goes. I noticed that too. <laughs> you know. Uh, faking your own suicide is so whack, man. I don't like it as a trope. I don't like, I, I don't think that, it, I think that it's not a very good, uh, I just find it so unbelievable. Once again, hashtag gutting the sacred cow, hashtag that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, all in all, amazing heel turn. And great camera work uh, for the head bashing at the end of the episode, where I also have written down, oh yeah, knew that was coming. But it was okay, right? They did it, was, it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I have a few, like I said, I have a few minor complaints, but overall I really yeah. enjoyed it. I knew you'd pick up on that right away. Yeah. Because she's at she's at her lowest at this point. Like there's no reason left to have her. Well, then the moment the moment that like Norman decides that he's actually going to go with her, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, this is you know, that's it. Like you're not, not leaving mom, but Norman and <laughs> and then oh yeah, yeah, I didn't write, I didn't mark it down as an R, but I also have uh, yeah, tying somebody up will definitely convince anyone that you're sane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I can you remind me? Did you look it up? Um, um, Vera Farmiga. She never won an award, correct? No. Which I think is just wrong. That is wrong. Um, that there is was a, a couple crime. seasons. These institutions, these award-giving institutions, they have a negative connotation towards subject matter like that. I know, and I'm I get that. I'm not saying it's but, right or wrong. I'm just saying uh, that's the fact. I know it's just it's so sad because the way that she is I mean Freddie Highmore is great in it but he's still a young pup in this show like he's still coming up from the couple young movies he did and I thought he was great by the time he got to the end because he became the center of focus in the late yeah. the three four five but <clears throat> throughout the whole show she was just she's the perfect mom for that that show and she never won and I just hate it yeah. I remember one year with the Emmys, somebody else got it. Cause I while they were while this show was on, I was a huge award show watcher still. Sure. Before they got terrible. And 
And uh, I'd watched the Emmys, and a couple years, somebody else won for Best Actress in a serious show and, and a drama. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, they just must, like you said, they just don't like that genre. No, it's just, just not a thing that they vote for. So, yeah, it's sad, but no, we can move yeah. on <laughs> from my sadness. And finally, no, we have Breaking Bad, <clears throat> season three, episode 10, Fly debuting on May 23rd, 2010. Uh, Intercontinental champion of the WWE, Kofi Kingston. Nice. Oh, that guy was fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Lift your know. <laughs> Uh, no, what do you have to say about Breaking Bad? Man, Breaking Bad is the first, like, I wouldn't say the first proper TV show that I really got into, but it's the first show that I'd ever really, really, really gotten obsessed with. Like, more than Dragon Ball as a kid, more than, like, any Spider-Man cartoon. It felt like it this is like the first like proper adult show that I really ever sunk a lot of time into. And I spent a lot of time with Caleb, my cousin watching it. He showed me the first season. I think he had it on DVD and like, boy, oh boy, was I hooked. (laughs) Like my only experience with Brian Cranston up to that point was, uh, fuck. Why am I automatically drawing a blank? Power Rangers? No, no. <laughs> Actually, yes. Now that no, I think I'm about kidding. It. But um, X Five. Great stuff. Mm-mm. What's that show that he did for Nickelodeon? Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. That Malcolm. was on Nickelodeon. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Nick. I thought I, that was like an ABC or like one of those types of channels. I'm pretty sure oh, it was Nickelodeon. Interesting. All right. I don't know. But either way, that was the only, like, other experience that I had with Brian Cranston up to that point, dude. And, like, I have not been able to ever think of him as anything other than Walter White now. It's the first show that me and my mom watched together from start to finish. Yeah, we uh, we had a fun conversation. Me, Patrick, and, and Gavin had a fun conversation about, um, you know, whenever Vince uh, Gillian went to the executives for Breaking Bad, he said that he wanted to use Brian Cranston for the role and all the executives uh, turned him down saying no, because he's a comedic actor, hence Malcolm in the middle. And then he showed them all an episode of the X-Files that Brian Cranston guest starred in. And they were convinced after one episode of seeing him doing something, guesting in a, in a serious drama, they were convinced that he was the right man for this project. Dude, can you believe that he actually shaved his head every single time, that it, like every single season? Yes. Again. Anytime he ever played Walt. No, I shaved my own head. head, and I'm not on a TV show. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> and he probably didn't shave his own head. That was probably makeup. No. Nope, he did. That's like behind the scenes, like featurettes and stuff. You Like he talks about it. Like he actually shaved his head. Well, I'll see that when I believe it. Wait, what? <laughs> so talk we about this episode, meant. though. What, yeah, what, talk, talk about it. Anyway, so this, uh, this episode all takes place down in the super lab where they make methamphetamine for their new boss, Gus Fring. 
one of the best fucking villains that I is the only issue that I really have with this episode is that it does not have any Gus in it. I love that. Man, I fucking I, I mean, love that because like without having Gus there, he's still a looming presence. That's that's what I was about to say. He yeah. is technically still there just by presence alone. Like you understand that at least towards the end of the episode that they are working for a dangerous, like bad dude, you know? Yeah. Whenever Walt's like, Jesse, I can't, I can't protect you from these guys. I'll get to that. But up to this point, uh, Skylar, Walt's wife has had an affair. She, uh, fucked Ted, as she said in like, what, two episodes prior? I don't remember, dude. I, a little more than I that. think it was like I two episodes. Up. I stopped up watching that. about four episodes before this one. Really? Awesome. Yeah. So you didn't get to see Skylar be a real hardcore bitch? Yeah, I, I did. disagree. You don't think that Skylar's kind of a... No. <laughs> kind of... Are you kidding me? Oh, no, I don't, I don't think she was a bitch. I just think she turned evil. There's a difference. No. Oh, my God. You guys are, you guys are incorrigible. <laughs> but anyway walt's kind of having is kind of having a breakdown about that so he goes into the lab he has not slept at all he can't sleep and jesse goes home for the night after they just started a new batch of meth and walt discovers there's a contamination in the lab yes one dude i have a note about how dramatic flowing. that was oh my god <laughs> Did anybody else pick up, like, on the opening of the episode, whenever it opens up with Skylar singing that lullaby? Did anybody else feel like that was kind of creepy? Yeah. yeah. I never, 100%. I never felt, I never yeah. felt like that was creepy before, but, like, know, watching man. it this time. Something is, I don't know, the older you get, the more creepy lullabies tend to become. It's not even just that. It it's, like, the it way is. that the camera's, like, <laughs> focused on the fly and everything. Like, yeah. that opening is just really weird now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Yeah, so Walt ends up staying there the entire night trying to get this fly. He builds a very nice stick that we get to see the next day whenever Jesse comes in and is like, yo, did you get any sleep at all? Walter White Walt, is, like, too obsessive. Dude, especially whenever he's, like, all pissed off and, like, is all guilty. Up to this point, Walt, at the start of the show, Walt's a really good guy, and you don't really expect him to go and let a girl overdose. <laughs> causing two yeah. planes to crash together at, like over top of Albuquerque. But that's what happens. And Walt's feeling pretty torn up about that, which we see later on whenever Jesse kind of slips sleeping pills into Walt's coffee, trying to get him to go to sleep to stop obsessing over this fly. I love that conversation of Walt. Walt is like so close, so close to admitting to Jesse what he did. Mm. And... <sighs> Let me bring up a point here. For the sake of our goal, it's fine. From what I know about the show, he should have admitted it. Yeah. Well, of course he should have admitted it. Yeah, nobody. But, but for me, it's way that. past the line of him being evil. Now he's just being a dick. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, Brian Cranston himself says Jesse that, deserves you know, after, better. After you know, after all the like bombings and people's deaths and elderly and children and shit, 
Brian Cranston says that the most evil thing that Walt ever did was watching Jane OD and not doing anything about it. Yep. And no, that I, was my that was I my hear, one that's, that's big what one. He himself says is the most evil thing that he ever did. Oh, it is, and I, I mean like, I could finish it, but it won't be worse than that. Watching Walt someone all die but when you can even have says that himself, like whenever he's talking to Jesse, whenever him and Jesse are just kind of resting and just kind of like gathering themselves for this fly. All of this, all of this revolves around just a fucking fly being in the lab, which I love. Oh, my my favorite. My favorite part this time around watching it was Jesse using his simple mindedness to just go get fly strips. Yep. And not just like and fly not make strips, a random dude. fly swatter. Like <laughs> a fucking more fly strips than anybody fit, like actually needs. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. Like <laughs> everything about this episode, it's a bottle episode, but boy oh boy, is it like I'm just calling it now. Breaking Bad is a slapstick. I mean, Aaron this one. Paul, yeah. Aaron Paul is so good at, like, being that character. Well, he's just such a great actor. Yeah. When know, he's that's why he's so good stuff. at being that character is because he's a great actor. But, like, specifically, this, like, high school dropout kind of stupid but has a little bit more common sense than, like, yeah. other people. Like, he... And the way that he's just like, this is pheromones and shit. <laughs> like, it's amazing. And, like, you really see, you, it, this episode is great at showing the characters of Jesse and Walt. Yeah. Because they are the main characters of the show. Everybody knows that the, that the show is mainly driven by Jesse and Walt. And this is the perfect display of their characters. Jesse is not all that smart, but boy, oh boy, does he try his fucking hardest. <laughs> Walt, controlling, obsessive, fucking narcissist. Yeah. And it, and it wraps together with, with them putting together a amazing ladder configuration. Oh my God, dude. And it kills Jesse someone. finally getting the fly. Yep. Uh, but, how awesome is it that he drugged Walt? Oh my god, dude. But it's not over for Walt. Because at the very end of the episode, round two, baby! <laughs> <laughs> the fly comes back! Or another fly pops up, at least. But I've seen one of the big I guess explanations for this episode that I've seen is that the fly symbolizes guilt and resentment towards oneself. And that's why Walt is so obsessed with it because he feels a lot of guilt over him letting Jane die. Because yeah, no, if he I... wouldn't have let Jane die, then her dad would have been in the right state of mind to go to work. Her dad was an air traffic controller who ended up letting two plane, planes crash right into each other over Albuquerque in the, at the end of the last, or at the end of last season, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, like, that's all on Walt. He could have saved Jane, or at least done something. But he did absolutely nothing and caused multiple people to die. See, I thought that was just a, a note on his character. 
just being cuckoo pants and being stressed out by the situation. Yeah, because you know, I I I didn't really get anything deeper than that. that Read on it, but I I think I'm in the camp with Patrick. Like he's crunching the numbers subconsciously. He knows that no matter what numbers he's he's crunching, (laughs) they're still off in weight. Right, us who've seen the series before knows that Jesse is skimming off the top of it. You know, mm-hmm. gram here, gram there, a little bit here, a little bit there. But now it's added up to about a half pound. Right. You know what I mean? And, and the stakes which, are a lot from higher. The way, right. Which from the way people, that Jesse reacts, you just you have to know that Jesse is the one that's taking it. Like, yeah, absolutely. He's like trying to come up with like excuses and stuff and like. Yeah. I mean, it could just yeah. be spillage. It could just be like waste. Goes to, oh, this is what it really is. Oh, I bet that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. You know what I mean? Um, he's very suspicious, and I know Walt knows that, but that's what I think. I like that read that, you know, this isn't the time to be messing up in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. We can't be half a pound off, and we can't have let anything in here contaminating our product. If our product isn't to the quality that we say it is, we're going to get killed. Much like if we are short on our distribution, we are going to get killed. Yeah. You know, I think later on, whenever he's been drugged and he's drowsy and he's taking those pills and he's a little bit out of the loop. Yeah, probably then we start to see that this is. a a Well, it's also like. It's also just in general, like Walt just doesn't even really want to be alive. He keeps on talking about how it, like he's trying to figure out when the perfect moment would have been for him to die. Yeah. I love whenever that. he had enough money for, to leave for his family, whenever Holly, his daughter was born, whenever the night that Jane died, yeah. it, he settles on the night that Jane died is the night that he also should have died. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick, anything else you so, want to say about this episode? Um, I don't think I have too much else. Um, I think that I do think that if you're gonna put this as far as understanding characters in a you know closed off episode is right up there with Watchmen. Yeah. For me. Like, this is, if you want to know two characters very well, this is an episode to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that that is one thing that, that I do feel about, it. yes. Uh, any lasting remarks from you, Don? Nope. This is the one that I didn't have a whole lot of notes for. I was completely just tuned into the episodes. All right, random notes from the chocolate bear. Uh, as always, eating pineapple and jalapeno sausage pizza while watching uh this is that a running thing for you it has been now this is the fourth time that i've mentioned <laughs> or like the third time that i've mentioned what i've been eating during <laughs> your episodes <laughs> you always watch his episodes while you're eating yeah <laughs> it's always i always watch his second i watch mine okay. then his then yours and like okay. right in the middle is like whenever I get something to eat. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm glad that I'm the food episode. You know what? I'm going to find a food show for you to watch. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, right off the bat, you know somebody's going to get Cronenberg in this bitch. <laughs> 
uh, looking through the uh, uh, direct the uh, opening credits, and holy fuck, Ryan Johnson! Fuck! Oh yeah. yeah, no shit, they fucking hire this dude to direct uh, the Last Jedi. Cause look what he's what he's doing with fucking Breaking Bad. Awesome, fucking awesome. Man, it fucking oh, Ryan Johnson <laughs> deserves so much better. Nobody looks better, and I mean nobody looks better with a bald head than Mr. Cranston. Nope. You know? Someday I will challenge him, but that day is not today. Uh, the fly is absolutely giving me PTSD to working restaurants in the summer. <laughs> Walter's twitching eye while looking at the fly as the fly's like, rubbing his little mandibles together is absolutely meme worthy and I'm surprised that nobody capitalized on it. Um, at one point they're talking about naming the fly and so Noah what would you name your fly rival? Oh man. Uh, Ricky. And uh, Patrick, your flyful? Gary. Flyful? <laughs> Patrick, do you remember Mr. Samson? Mr. Samson? Yeah. It's what I would call like every single random stink bug. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember that. Play into, like the area around me. I would, be, I would call it Mr. Samson and, and it would be it would always be the same one. <laughs> it just haunts me. No matter how many times I get rid of it, it keeps on coming back. We think that my great grandmother visits us as a fly. Great. We always joke That's... about it. It's like the one fly at dinner every month or two. You're like, What's up, grandma? How you doing? I know we're still good, I promise. <laughs> Uh, Jesse hitting Walt's head with the fly swatter is forever oh, so living good. rent free in my head. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, he fucking bashes. <laughs> uh, one time, I bet my buddy fifty dollars that he couldn't hit a fly with a Nerf gun in an hour. Did you get fifty dollars poorer or richer? Oh, I told him that he didn't have to put up the money. I told him I would give him fifty dollars. If he hit a fly, and there was a moment where it was on the wall, and he crept up on it, and he put that gun, I swear to you, as close to this fly as you could possibly get, and he pulled that trigger and missed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, poor dude. And you had to have so much entertainment for an hour. Oh, it was so good, dude. It was so good. He was, like, chasing it all around the room. <laughs> God, this Skyler, shit you make people do. <laughs> Skylar, just like all parents, just don't understand. <laughs> Ryan jo and finally, Ryan Johnson should just direct all falling scenes and everything. Yeah. Dude, From the slapstick that is of, of Brian Cranston hitting like six things while falling off of that <laughs> balcony. To, to the fly <laughs> falling from the top of the ladder down to the ground. He is a and like, one at falling scenes. What a progression of like situations Walt finds himself in in just <laughs> this little episode. <laughs> this fly comes in, he throws his shoe up at the ceiling to try to catch it or to try to like kill it. 
his shoe breaks a light and gets stuck in that light. He has to climb up to get, knocks it down, falls down, lands like face first on the vat of like the meth that they're cooking back on the floor, gets fucking drugged by Jesse. It's so good. Almost admits to murdering his girlfriend. (laughs) Guys, as far as I know, that is it for our review section. But now, before we move on to the plot section, just want to inform you that all of our episodes are up on Spotify. All of the Film Harvest, which will be coming back in the new year. All of Battle of the Bat fans, and of course on every single uh, uh, streaming service, you have uh, the Two Bears Media Review, and this will be great because I am pleased to inform you that instead of doing uh, the final round of episode C next recording session, we're going to do a very special Christmas film harvest. Yeah! So excited. We are. Oh, what movies are we doing? Both very excited. Uh, after a conversation <laughs> with Patrick, uh, Patrick, you have chosen one movie to watch for the yeah. special Christmas film harvest, and it is The Princess Switch again on Netflix. Oh my God! <laughs> Y'all gotta have you got you guys gotta stop having secret conversations. Not in my back. <laughs> Dude, Vanessa Hudgens is in it. There you go. That's you what just... I was looking for. <laughs> and you just you feel better now? Great. Feeling inside of me that I've had locked away for years. The Princess Switch again will be going up against Home Alone 2, Lost <laughs> in New York. Isn't that the awesome. one with Donald Trump? Yep. Oh. <laughs> uh... And Jim Curry. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get that at you. <laughs> but until then, we have a very special rating system, the plucked rating system. Every score is given a different uh, uh, uh every uh, uh, letter stands for a different subject of which we will give a varied score on. Uh, we have plot, lost, unput downable, characterization, and technicality. Of course, uh, we go through uh, one judge at a time. And we're going to start with Fargo. Noah, out of 30 points, what would you give the plot, the overall story of the myth of Sisyphus? I give it a 28. I really liked it. And I definitely feel like there's a, I feel like there's more of a story that I really want to explore in that season. So for unput downable, I'm obviously going to give it a five for that. What, uh, what would you say is that you're uh, interested in most? I am really interested to see what happens with that with ghost cop patrick wilson sure i want to i want to see where he goes and i want to see like his relationship with uh mike milligan develop oh yeah because like i could tell that there was something going on there whenever they first met each other they're i could tell pairing. that there's something else that's gonna happen yeah they're great pairing. they're definitely gonna meet up again 
Plus, I also want to see how much more cult-like that family can get. So you not watching this before didn't make you feel lost at all to enjoy this episode? Not really, no. No, I felt like there was enough connective tissue in this episode to get me through. And characterization out of 30, what do you got? For the uh, way these characters are portrayed, uh, how individualized are they? How are they performed? What, what do you think about these out of 30? There's a lot of characters here. There are a lot of characters. Um, I'm going to give that probably a 25 because there are a lot of characters in there and some of them I felt like didn't really need to be there. Yeah. But it is what it is. I wish we kind of could. I, I kind of wish I would have seen more of Skip. I feel like he like got ripped out of the middle of the episode and then just got thrown back in right at the end just to die. Yeah. Which sucks because obviously I grew up, I kind of grew a personal connection with him. <laughs> so, yeah, he's you. <laughs> <laughs> Typewriters just aren't for women anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> that is that absolutely something that I would say. <laughs> Finally, technicality. What would you give this on a technical level? Uh, probably a 25 too. I don't really think that like there was really anything that special about it. Sure, absolutely. I think that it. I think that it just like served its purpose pretty well. Uh, Patrick, start yeah. off with plot for you. Uh, so for plot, I had twenty three, um, and that was probably more because it. It felt like there was not I didn't I don't think I got any resolution to any of the things that happened. No. So you I know mean, you got homie getting killed, but that's not much of a resolution. That's more No, not in his case. Like he didn't really do anything that was But this is an early killed. yeah. This is an early yeah. episode of the season. Nor should yeah, no, no. answers here. No, but I like but just that example, right? It's like there's not really a reason to kill him yet. I feel like it could have become a thing, but they just kind of did the whole Game of Thrones. Well, we don't need him anymore. He's an extra character. You so. know, you have those, you definitely have those cannon fodder characters in every show that has to deal with death. Characters that have literally just been inserted. You know, his his whole purpose is to just show how much of a dick Don Gearhart can be. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, which that character is very good. Definitely. <laughs> you know Dude, what that he character's is fucking by the time you're done. Scary. He's always <laughs> beating up on his daughter. Yeah. Well, that just makes him a pussy. Absolutely, dude. He's the fucking worst. I wish that he did yeah. fight Patrick Wilson. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, did you feel <laughs> lost, Patrick? Uh, did that take away from your enjoyment of the episode? Yeah, I was I was pretty lost, um, especially when it got into the whole mystical stuff. I didn't quite know what was going on, and now yeah, that I know there's aliens. actually knowing that there were real aliens going around. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah, <laughs> um, that puts that that puts a zero on unput down level two for me. I completely forgot uh, about the alien aspect of that. Oh my god! Hell yeah. Yeah. The aliens rule. 
Oops. <laughs> well, I already gave my five. I can't take it back now. The fact that the fact that as we're rating it for Fargo, you're saying the aliens rule. <laughs> yeah, me dude, up. Rule. They're just uh, ambiguous enough. Yeah. You never uh, know characters why they're around. They just fuck shit up anytime they come in. <laughs> Jesus. Aliens. Um, you know, it's better characters than characters I had 25. It's better than the fourth and the fourth than the fourth season where they just used like random tornadoes as plot devices. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god. Yeah. They just use a tornado as a plot device. It's so good. It's so hilarious. <laughs> that season of Fargo is so weird in so many ways. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, you're saying that they're using a tornado as a plot device. It sounds weird. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's like these, it's uh, like this uses aliens as a plot device. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just say that so matter-of-factly. It's, no, it's, awesome. like, it's like Noah Hawley, who's the guy that invented Fargo. He's basically like, what is something that would be the main focus in literally every movie or TV show? And we're just going to put that in the background of this season. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Characterization, um, Patrick. Yeah, I'll go 25 on that one. Pretty much similar reasons to Noah. Uh, but I did want to know, my main reason is I want to know more about the gangs. Sure. A little quicker. Because uh, they're not, it's not like you're going to get three seasons of learning about these people. Right. So, oh, and in the case of like the Kansas City mob, the only real connection you have with them is Mike Milligan. Yeah. You know, they they are shrouded in mystery all seasons of Fargo. You never really see the Kansas City mob except whenever it's just like random hitmen like Mike Milligan. Right. Gotcha. Uh, And then technical, I had 25. Um, I like the dialogue a ton. I wasn't huge on the camera work. Um, and I just, I don't know, I guess, I don't know, maybe some of the acting. There was like one or two people that I was like, all right, they're there. Yeah. there. But they were they didn't end up being important characters, so it wasn't a huge deal. But for sure, uh, I have a 26 uh for the for the plot um only because i know that this season gets way more intense as as it goes on this is definitely not not the most exciting episode that i should have shown you that i could have shown you guys but i think it's the most with substance there and that's what i would hope was hoping would win the day right you know um obviously i'm not lost and and i think that uh, anybody who's who can pick up what it's putting down would think that it's it's putting down just enough to uh, go forward with it. So double fives there, and then I have an even twenty seven for the rest thing. It's not perfect. Um, I, I have you know that's a ninety. That's very good, but it is in everything that it needs to be to get to the to the perfect thirty. You got what I'm saying there? Yeah. yeah. Especially, and I always say this whenever you have these ensemble cast shows, you know, there's just so many characters that it's impossible to get everything that you need from everybody. But it's nice 
that they have that little scene with uh with the one Gerhardt brother eating a cold turkey leg while talking to his son that he needs to get educated. Like that speaks a lot to yeah. who these people are, or at least who those two people are. You know? Subtle things like that can go a vast amount of ways, but whenever there's so many characters, you can only do that with a couple of them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And yeah, technicality, 27. It's very perfunctory. It's it's nothing's done horrible, uh, but nothing is exempt, exemplary anyways, besides obviously Mike Milligan, who kills it this whole season. Uh, one of the best television characters I've ever experienced. He's so the best. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for me for Fargo. Yeah. How about it? Uh, it's a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. It's it's got quotables. That's important, right? Oh, is anything more important than quotables? I mean, come on, you got to be able to take some lines with you as you're going around in public. Yeah. At some point, I'm gonna say sometimes a girl just got to bust a nut. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna say that. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Breaking Bad next. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'll start for my plot score. I have a 25. I'm going to be direct here. Um, Interesting. The plot is in the conversation. You landed where I did. So. The plot itself is them attacking this fly. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? This yeah. episode isn't about having a great plot. Right. However, it still pulls off a very entertaining <laughs> plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 25, I think, is a is a fine score, but that's nothing that's going to break the bank. Uh, this is getting the double five treatment for for unwatchable, uh, uh, unputdownable, and lost. <laughs> yeah. This show is unwatchable, Patrick. To Patrick. <laughs> I couldn't be lost in this, and I don't think a new. Uh, I think that the characters and the humor in this would carry it for a new viewer i really do mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and then i believe that that you know this absolutely you know i'm still i'm on i'm about mid uh season three right now with my rewatch of breaking bad obviously this just makes me want to go through it even further you know uh characterization this is where this episode really kicks it up because oh, there's yeah. only two characters it you know, has to. If it doesn't, it's going to be real bad. Yeah. And so whatever <laughs> and whatever these characters are as well-defined and as well-performed and well-written as, as Aaron Paul and Brad Cranston are at their job, you can't give it anything less than a 30. Like, yeah. <laughs> you yep. can't. No. Unless your need for speed. That's the only thing that Aaron Paul has been in that I have not seen. And, of course, uh, on top of that, you get a directing master like Ryan Johnson who knows how to direct action that isn't action. You know, this dude, is like he really put on his boots and put his foot in this one. It's written so well, it's performed so well, it's directed so well, it's hilarious. It's everything every Breaking Bad episode should be uh, in this formative time before it gets super duper serious. Uh, this is also a 30. Uh, full Monty, double Full Monty over here for breaking. Dude, down. one of my favorite shots ever 
is whenever Jesse is brushing down that fan <laughs> and the camera's on the brush and it moves with them. Yeah, yeah that's so good. <laughs> or like any of those shots that are like looking up, like if like Walt's reading a piece of paper, he it, the camera is looking up at him. Yeah, and I you love see the writing in the, like, does, yeah. Or there's that amazing um, um, shot of the of them following the fly around. Uh, where oh my god! All the point of view shot GoPro amazing. on his head. Uh, <laughs> Patrick, your scores. Uh, so for plot, I had twenty four. Uh, so I landed right around where you did for that the same reason. Really, absolutely. You know, um, not much different. I had both fives for lost and unputdownable because. Um, I did eventually watch it after I watched that episode, so I had to put a five there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had no way I'd seen one that was good enough for me to be like, well, we'll see how it goes. You know. Uh, <clears throat> characters, 30. Um, the I was going to give it a 30 anyway, but my favorite moment for Jesse in this episode as a whole is when he's tr- trying to still make the meth and sneak it behind Walt's back. Oh my God, <laughs> how good is that? Um, and it just like, that was the moment for me that sold those characters as what they were at that point in the show. Yeah. Did you know like, that if, there he is an acceptable... around and sees him? Oh. <laughs> Did you know what they put into hot dogs? That there's an acceptable amount of pig lips and assholes? Yeah. And you know what? I don't even care because I like hot dogs, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so 30. Um, and technical, I have 27. And that just is because I think until the end, some of the dialogue is a little limited. Um, it's more of that slapstick. How do we keep it interesting for 35, 40 minutes? Uh, which they do at top level. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just... You know, they they put all the big dialogue at the end instead of sprinkling it through. Yes. So. But that's a nice crescendo. That's a nice different way of doing a, a crescendo instead of having like yeah. a big action piece, just have like the action piece be the sharp dialogue and the almost yeah. admission of guilt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and Noah. <clears throat> what do you got? I mean. Plot. 25 there's no man there's not anything that like we haven't talked about at this point you know everything that's that has that can be said has been said (laughs) it's not like it's not a super big episode that like pushes anything really forward but it's just an opportunity to explore these characters just a little bit more and even though we really didn't need it, it still continues to solidify why these characters are so iconic and just so legendary. But it's a character episode, not a plot episode. And Lost, obviously, you couldn't be. Five. Five. Double fives for Lost and Unput Downable. What about characterization? I mean... 30. It's got to be unanimous, right? Yeah. Yeah. And for technicality, no. 30. I fucking, oh my God, everything, everything, any, like, and it, it's not even just like the camera work or the performances. It's like small stuff too. For example, 
Jesse trying to cook that meth behind Walt's back. It's he's subtle. saying all this shit. And like one second, Walt's not there. And then the next second, he is right there. <laughs> like, it's almost like a horror That's movie. what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like small, like little comedic bits like this. This is one of the best, if not the best character episode. The funniest episode. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it is where Breaking Bad meat slapstick. I also really, really, really want a fucking round two with that fly. Hell yeah. And Noah, let's start you off with Bates Motel. Plot score for Bates Motel. Uh, I am, I'm going to give that a 28. Overall, like, I have really high, kind of really high scores for all of these, but... Yeah, me too. The thing that doesn't make this episode of Bates Motel perfect is... I... I don't really think that it gave a lot of attention to all the characters that it really needed to. I could tell that there are some stories for this season that are gaining closure and everything. But for the most part, I felt like it was just a Norman and Nora story and that it detracted, like it got distracted with other people, you know? Makes sense. That was one of my fears going into like, as we like learned how we were going to be grading things, I was like, Oh no, I hope this goes well. (laughs) Yeah. So that makes sense. All those things make sense. Uh, and for Lost, no, hell, for Lost, were you and did it take away from your enjoyment? I'm actually going to have to give a zero to that because there were a couple of things, like, for example, um, Bradley and Emma, they were two characters that, yeah, I knew about, but I haven't watched the show in so long and it didn't really give me enough in this episode to like fully remember where they came from. You know, I obviously know the whole Norma and Norman thing, but everyone else wasn't exactly like enough there for me to pick back up on. You know what I mean? Uh, and do you, will this make you watch Bates Motel unput downable? Will this make you unput down? That one is going to be a five. Nice. Will this make you unput down? <laughs> I will unput down Norma's Nor- Norman. Go Nor- on. Yeah. Is, is that yeah. throwing? Is that throwing? <laughs> is unput down throwing? <laughs> is that what that is? Uh, characterization, though. I don't really think about this one. Uh, I know, right? Yeah. 25. There were... Man, the thing that sucks about this is that we did this alongside... and We did both these, Fargo and Bates Motel. We did these episodes alongside an episode that only focuses on two, and it's so hard to give high scores for characterization whenever there's other characters... (laughs) Because not was, every single one of them get it. That was my main complaint about a lot of the shows that we had is like, I can't connect with these people because there's so many of them. Oh, fuck. 
And like, again, you know, there are stories that I feel are getting finished, but there's not enough time in this episode to explore all of them. And there's so many of them right. that like, they kind of just get lost to the background. I totally feel that. So, you know, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, 25. A, that's the thing. Like what we watch influences our score on other things. Yep. Yeah. You know, and finally technicality, Noah. 28. It's really bolstered a lot by certain like choices that they made with how they shot some scenes again like we keep on talking about that ending with him fucking walking around the car but there were some performances that were a little weird that I couldn't really jive with yeah I definitely feel that and then some dialogue choices too that I just was like I don't know I don't I don't I don't know if people talk like that uh, yeah, so I have for plot, um, I have a solid 25. This is, I feel like it was it was preambling, not knowing where this show was beforehand. It seems like, you know, and this was once again, my one of my, my complaint with uh, Downton Abbey is that the first half of the episode is like a bunch of muddling storyline continuing thing. It's like, hey guys, Here's all the other stuff that you need to remember while watching this episode. While the second half of the episode is rewarding you for watching all the previous episodes, because this is where the conclusion of those storylines are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is what's so difficult choosing a, you know, season closer or even a series closer is that that first half of things is always going to be, uh, storyline detail that you're not going to get conclusions to in the second half we just saw that with fargo too you know what i mean yep um so 25 with that um i have this out of five that i was not lost in it because even though i didn't know where everything was everything would be explained to me and even the fact that like i was kind of unsure at what was going down exactly i loved that i thought that was really fun I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool that like I, I was faked out mid episode and then had myself questioning whether things were real or not. Yeah. yeah. You know, as a first time viewer, that was really fun. And that actually added to my enjoyment of this episode. And for a show like that, that's hard because you're already, if you watch it, you're already three seasons in. Yeah. And you're like, how do we write it in a way that you can still trick someone? Yes. Yeah. You know, and I think it still did that for a lot of people that watched it. Yeah. Um, there is something about Bates Motel that just doesn't jive with me and I can't really put my finger on it I think Farmiga and Highworth Highmore Highmore, and Highmore are terrific actors and they really put on their dancing shoes but so much of, of everyone else I don't feel like put in that put in that effort and put in that work um the setting is, I don't know, something about it doesn't jive well with me. And, and so, no, I will not be rewatching this. I will not watch it from the beginning. Um, the, thing about, the thing about Bates Motel that does kind of bother me is that it is a prequel to Psycho, but it's set in a 
contemporary setting. So like they no, have mo- they that... have like go on, go on. They have like cell phones and they have like modern cars and they have like kind of like modern technology, but psycho itself took place in the 60s. Well, that's the thing. That's like something that normally doesn't bother me. Yeah. No, nah, with Psycho, with Psycho, yeah, see, don't I think change those that changes were needed yeah. for me. And, and I definitely see that point of view too, Patrick. Yeah. I absolutely do. And yeah. I don't know if that's it with me because normally I no. like that, uh, but something about it just doesn't jive with me. Hey. You know. Anyways, um, characterization. I have it at a twenty-five. Um, even though these characters, two of the characters are really, really well defined in this episode, I have no idea what's going on with anyone else. Uh, this is like the fly breaking bad episode, but with a bunch of characters that I don't know their motivations or why they're even here. Yeah. You know, the level of character work that they're putting in for Norman and Norma Bates are on the level of the fly from breaking bad. It's just that there's more characters that i don't care about right um and finally um i had to knock this bad boy down uh to a 24 for technicality um talking about it i realized that the only thing that i really really super cared to love about was probably the last 20 minutes of this and even though it was spectacular, and I mean spec bloody fucking tacular, it isn't enough to win me over for the whole, whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's it with me. Uh, Patrick, your scores. Uh, so plot was 28. Um. Yeah, I mean, not much else to say about that. I just, I like it. I picked it, um, and I, and <laughs> I, like I thought it. that I it had it. enough. It had enough lingering plot lines that kept people interested. I mean, you mentioned it, so yeah, that's always good for it. Um, obviously, fives and fives. <clears throat> um, I've, I'm considering wanting to rewatch it again. So you know. Um, characters i gave 27 and that's just because i wish that we knew more about dylan and caleb um because dylan's actually a very dynamic character and he was in it a bit more than caleb but i wish there was more to know at the end of finale episode sure um and and you don't really get caleb much at all like you would have never known that he was an uncle daddy unless i had said something yeah um I'm glad somebody thinks he's a daddy. That was well, weird. Technically, that was a he's weird. A dad. That was a weird comment. Hey, we all need to be somebody's daddy. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. The technical, I will go with probably. I'll go with a 26, uh, just because I I kind of looked at the first half of it the same way. Um, as soon as it started, I was like, oh, okay, it's gonna have that like second second half pickup. Yeah, that justifies some of this stuff. So, um, and now we've seen it a few times, so we're, we recognize it much faster now. I think. Definitely, I, I hear what you're saying. 
So that shows our growth as we learn how to be better critics because we're picking up on things quicker. Yeah, so. I love being able to like, once again, I say that we say this a lot, but I love being able to like point out why I like something now. Yeah, it and is, you know what I noticed recently? Even though I, did it, something that's even though I didn't just do it with Bates Motel right now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, something I've noticed recently is Steve uses Metacritic for everything. Oh, yeah. So now I try to use it just so I can see if it's worth like watching stuff or after we've seen something, what's going on with it. Yeah. And unfortunately, I've known I'm noticing myself fall more on the critic side now than i am the actual people that are rating it (laughs) and i don't know how i feel about it (laughs) like the new ghostbusters movie has like an over 90 something percent but on the critic side it's at like 63 and i'm like yeah that's me (laughs) that's 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 more like what i think i've been noticing i've been noticing now that like movies are coming back and i've been going to the movie theater that it's very hard for me to just go in and just like casually enjoy something now. <laughs> this I is the, I, I do turn my curse. brain off still, but then after the fact, I let myself think about it and I go back and I No, that's the thing. Like know. I think about these things a lot more now. I yeah. watch something and I normally walk out of the movie theater being like, yeah, I had a good time because I was just at the movies. Yeah, now I'm like, did I? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, See, exactly. my main problem is my main problem is is that usually whenever I go to the movies, I go with Mundo. And now we have gotten to the point where we talk about movies directly after we see them. Yeah. So like I have to kind of always be on standby for reviewing things on the spot because Mundo hits me with questions afterwards. That's true. What do you think of this? Oh man, how about oh man, I'm the worst person to see a new movie. <laughs> and then I, I love talk, it. And then I talk throughout it. Like <laughs> The yeah, entire I time I could go you, with dude, you. He was like explaining. I love you to death, but I couldn't. Me. <laughs> I need uh, quiet when I'm watching a movie. So I love going to the movies with Boondo. So Fargo, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap this up here. Yeah. Noah, you gave Fargo an 88. Patrick, you gave Fargo a 63. I gave Fargo Holy a shit. 90, giving us a score of 80. Damn. I didn't realize that was that I hated low. that episode. <laughs> That is really close to being our pretty much lowest. The only thing I think lower than that was Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh got a whopping 61. Hey, man, it's 61 points. It didn't oh, have I'm before, sorry. so fuck you. Matter gave it a 60. No, you gave it a 61. <laughs> Either way, it's 60 more points than it had before. <laughs> The king of giving really low scores to his own shows. Show dog millionaire. <laughs> uh, Bates Motel. Uh, I gave it a 79. Noah gave it a 86. And Patrick, a 91. Giving it a final score of 85. If you listen to the scores, you could sense it. Breaking Bad. I finally have a of 91 and both myself and Noah gave it a 95. Bada bang. 
this ties a three-way tie for my highest rated episodes this this experiment i have this at 95 i have veep at 95 and i had watchmen at 95 boom giving it a grand total of 94 oh man feels good sucks this is the only time i'm gonna feel like this but it feels good which i think is tied for our second highest rating see i am capable of coming in with some swings yeah, well, let's just hope that you bring it in on Film Harvest. Noah, how does it feel winning your first episode of The Seed? It feels good. It feels like a filler victory, but it feels good either way. <laughs> I, will, I will take it. I will take it no matter what. Well, you heard it here. Uh, next time, we will not be finishing up Film Harvest. We'll do that the episode after that, but we will be watching The Princess Switch again. Yeah. Hello, do lost in New York, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh man, I am. Uh, yo, there's a new Christmas one that I wrote down that came out this year on Hallmark, and I will be watching it. It was like something on like Castle Heart, and it's basically this American that goes to Ireland and meets this Irish dude that takes her to a castle. Sure. And it's centered around Christmas. It's all I need. It's like the Pat Hallmark movie. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> Ireland, castle, cute guy, done it. <laughs> yeah, all he needs to do is have Ryan Gosling in it. Oh, you wouldn't. No. <laughs> no. Hey, by the way, I noticed something with this episode. We had both the leads in the Conjuring movie, so I feel like at some point we're going to have to do a Conjuring series review. Oh, I'm in for watching The Conjuring or two. Love her. I'm fine with watching The Conjuring 1, but everything after that, yeah. I'm... Oh, it's gonna be a fucking pain. Hey, we what's everyone into? One. Give us like one or two things we're all watching. Okay, I'm watching um, the new Cowboy Bebop right now. How is it? Good, bad, middle. Uh, so I've only gotten two episodes in because I've been working a shit ton and I'm sick. But uh, the first episode. <clears throat> anime out of. Live action anime adaptations are so fucking weird for me because yeah. I love anime and just animation in general. And there's so much you cannot do in live action that you can do in animation. And whenever you make that transition, there's a lot that's lost. So the first episode of the live action series basically adapts the first episode of the anime almost shot for shot. And the rest of the series goes off on its own different thing. You don't like that. I'm waiting until I finish the entire. I like that. Until I finish. Until I finish the entire thing. Before I make my final verdict. As it stands right now. I am having a pretty good time with it. It really. So far. Captures the vibe that Cowboy Bebop gives off. Because Cowboy Bebop itself is a very, like, jazzy, cool, depressing kind of thing. And right now, that's the same kind of feeling I'm getting. So I'm hoping it sticks with that and it doesn't do anything that Netflix and Western live-action adaptations 
do in general, which is just add in a bunch of unnecessary shit, which there is some stuff. There is some things that I don't like. It's not perfect, but I'm giving it time. I'm letting it simmer. Yeah. The one main Cowboy positive Bebop I've heard is, is the music. Thing. Yeah, I've heard the oh music is the one big positive of this redo. And that's because they brought in the original composer from the original show, Yaku, uh, yeah. Yoko Kano. You got to love it whenever they do that. Yep. So I'm Cowboy Bebop is like a really important show to me. So it's one of the I'm, big ones. That's like one of the big, like oh, Americanized yeah. ones. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm keeping an open mind to it, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Patrick. Uh, I do like who they have for Faye though. She's hot. Better. What are you into right now? Uh, so as you know, I texted you about a week ago with a very big claim about Midnight Mass. Yes, absolutely. Like um, Flanagan. Yes. I, I'm through episode five. There's only seven episodes. Now this is what he did in this year instead of another sequel or transition from a haunting, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, best Dracula vampire type show since the movie based on Bram Stoker. You got to be kidding me with that review. The best. Dude, that's like your favorite dude ever. I know. That's like your favorite thing ever. Dude, that, that is that very high Fight praise. Club are like your two things. Yes, like that is the highest praise I can give a show that's based on vampires. Wow. And it's there, man. Like we finished the fifth episode and even Steve was like, that was a great vampire show. Like that episode, like they, they do things you don't expect. The characters are deep. Um, the monologues to, that are throughout this show. To go through. Dude, yeah, Midnight the, Mass you're going like to love the monologues. Yeah, I love Like them. they just go off sometimes. And he monologues. is, oh, the priest is so good. The, I don't even know his name. I've looked nothing up about the show because I don't want to know anything until I'm done. Yeah. I, uh, I just want to be like most of the people are unknown. There's a couple people from the other two seasons sprinkled in it. Um, but the way they treat vampire lore is blowing my mind. And I am so happy that it happened. So, all right. So, add Midnight Mass. There's to my the review on that. Things. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. My family, my mom, and my brother, and I have one shared interest uh, going into this holiday season. And that one shared interest is the wheel of time. Oh yeah. We, we, I'm, I'm holding my opinions, but I'd love to hear yours. Just starting on Amazon prime. Uh, I think it is gearing up to be the next great fantasy. I think yeah. that this is going to break the mold of what we think adaptations can be. My brother, who is a big Wheel of Time fan, uh, has read the books, has explained to me that the producers of it don't necessarily see this as an adaptation of the Wheel of Time, but this is what happens the next time the Wheel of Time does its cycle. Gotcha. And I love that kind of adaptation. So they're not yeah. sticking to, you know, he's already explained to me certain things that that happened differently in the book and why they make sense in this version of the story. I started reading it. Yeah. So did my just, 
I, I wasn't going to, but I'm like, this, this is so cool. I need to start. I just want to start reading it right now. So Steve well, got that's it. That's the problem with it is six. that it's 11 books and like the middle four of them are dog <laughs> shit. Well, I'm only going to read the first six, I think. Because that's what most people say to read. Yeah. But. That's whenever, yeah, Robert Jordan, that's whenever Home, Home the right. original writer died. I think I've yeah. I was so going to say, is it time the, sh- the series that like the author died in the middle of it and somebody else picked it back up and like yeah, it's Robert the best, Jordan. like yeah. even better. Yeah. yeah. That's who everybody has their like um, eyes on to finish <clears throat> A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Somebody else has got to finish fucking, oh my God, somebody else has got to finish that. <laughs> That's what we're saying is that it's probably going to be Robert George R.R. Martin. R. Martin is going to eat himself to death before that series is ever finished. Dude, don't steal my joke. <laughs> I'm stealing it right now, dude, okay. because it's something that has stuck with me for years. Fuck you. <laughs> it's true. So I'm sure he's, he's explained some things. <laughs> what a fucking proclaimed uh, pro- proclamation. I'm sure he's explained some things, but I'm already pretty fascinated with just the beginning of the book. Yeah compared to what like you it's already obvious they started way after yeah because they're much older like she's nine when the first book starts yeah 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 like she's no longer nine yeah clearly (laughs) so i'm very excited to read the book because i don't think i'll have much that crosses each other yeah i'm excited i might in a very exact way i'll probably hit them up on the autumn yeah yeah that makes sense Dude, they're tough reads. They're very dense. That's why I need to do it on an audible. Got me through Dune. It can yeah. get me through Wheel of Time. Yeah. It took me two nights to read one chapter, and it was only 30 pages. <laughs> it, 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 he just throws characters out the beginning like you know what they are. <laughs> You're like, I don't know these people. Why is he so mad at her? <laughs> Dude, that's like being a bartender. You know what I mean? Like, everybody just yeah. comes in, you just have to pretend to know them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I remember you from last week. <laughs> Somehow I can remember your drink, but I can't remember your name. <laughs> no, Ladies and Lewis gentlemen. hasn't listened to it yet. Do you have a joke to end us on today? Do what? Do you have a joke to end us on like last time oh yes by the way there's a joke on that oh great yeah i'm gonna be completely honest i forget what joke i ended it on oh wait it was batista for something yeah 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 okay so show dog millionaire and chocolate bear and batista all go onto a plane okay they're sitting there they're having a good time next thing you know batista is next to a close talker. Okay. Batista doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. He's not a close talker kind of guy. He's loud. He wants to make sure you know what's going on. So he just knocks him out and it's quiet the rest of the flight. Okay. These aren't good jokes. I didn't say they were good. <laughs> oh, okay. It's Batista. Yeah. He's very blunt about things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Now we have the Batista yeah. joke segment. Glad we're doing it. <laughs> Ladies and Batista gentlemen, for everything. Follow us uh, at popcultureev on the Twitter. Email us at popcultureforce at gmail.com. Over there has been the show dog millionaire. I'm not even going to try to bark. My throat hurts. <laughs> and of course, Oof. over there is the vanilla there bear Patrick. What's up? Happy to be here. Good conversation.
And this has been episode C. Noah, congratulations on a much-needed victory. Now I have to wait my six-month waiting period before I can win another thing, whether it's film harvest or the lottery or something. You're coming back hard for, for film harvest. I figured out, I finally, remember I told you about, I was like debating on which movie in the series I was going to pick. Yeah. You don't know what series, but I finally decided on what movie I'm going to pick. And this has been your chocolate bear, Mundo. If you don't know, you should know. This has been episode C, part of the pop culture forest. Holler at your boys. And as always, hashtag Batista for comedy. (laughs) 